Welcome to Game Notes, your Utah Jazz podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. That's Tony Jones. Don't forget, one, subscribe to The Athletic, because, like, why wouldn't you? It's the best NBA coverage you can find. Are you a soccer fan? Best soccer fan coverage you can find. Best baseball coverage, NFL coverage, hockey coverage, all that stuff. Other Other places don't even care about hockey anymore. We've got teams of people covering hockey. So everything you want is at The Athletic. Just go subscribe. I think they got a deal right now, so go check that out. Just go to theathletic.com or click on one of our articles. That way, Tony, we get a sub, right? That's the way to do it. Theoretically. In theory, right. I don't know if that actually is how it works, but, you know, that's what I hear. But they might not like your predictions, though. Why? Because your predictions suck. My predictions suck. Okay. Interesting. How do my predictions suck? If we all look at what happened to the Jazz uh, yesterday. When I, when I said they would go 4-1 and one on a road trip where you were like, nah, maybe 2-3, and three, and they went 4-1. and one. When I said they'd go 18-3 and three on a 21-game I, stretch, and you said, no, nah, man, that's crazy, like 15, and they went like 19-2. and two. I had my story written. I had What story? I had, I had, my, I had my story written. It's oh, 71-56, got the lap. Mike Conley hit a three. We're halfway through the third quarter. It's 71-56. I'm like, okay, this is done. Denver's packing it up. They're, they're moving on. Not Jamal Murray. And I have my story Ooh. written. And then all of a sudden, Jamal Murray said, you know what? Zach said we were going home in five. This is not <laughs> happening. You know what's funny is there's a listener who said that I apparently predicted Nuggets in five. Not Jazz in five. Which is possible. I don't really remember. I remember picking something in five. I remember also thinking, I think the Jazz will win this series, but I don't know if I voiced that. So who knows? what? Who's to say? Maybe I picked Jazz in six. Who knows? I'm not even going to lie. I was taking victory laps. I mean, I did my radio spot with, with, with uh, Bill Riley, uh-huh. and I was like, Get, give me my flowers. And he was like, what flowers? I was like, give me my flowers, bro. I was like, me and Zach... And Eric Woodyard are the only three people who picked the Jazz in the entire country yeah. to win this series. And what happened? They cough up a 15-point lead. I don't, in about I, here's the 17 thing. minutes. I don't know that they coughed it up. I think Jamal Murray just took it. I think he robbed them. I think he robbed them, but I mean, I also think the Jazz left the front door open. Yeah, I think they, I think they walked away from the ATM fanning their money. That's what I think happened. <laughs> I think the Jazz walked away from the ATM with three of their four pin numbers Ooh. still on the screen. And the card left in. Oh, man. No, I'm just saying. That was, I mean, look, Jazz fans aren't going to agree with this. That was so fun. I, just, I love watching a dude just go off. He's had back-to-back 40-point games with zero turnovers in each game. It's crazy the level he's playing at in these last two games. Listen, it's hard to play at that level in an open gym. So, Jamal Murray deserves a lot of credit. 42-8-8, eight eight, it doesn't mm. matter what kind of defense that you're playing, they're playing on you, you're still making the shots. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, that being said, the Jazz are inviting him to be, to be like, okay, we know you're good enough to get 42-8-8. Eight eight. Why right. don't you go ahead and do it to us? I don't know what they could have done defensively to stop him. I guess you could. At a certain point, maybe you just have to blitz him and make somebody else beat you. Right, that's what it is. PJ Dozier's on the floor. Make him make a shot. Right, yeah, that's a oh, that's an excellent point. Uh, well, so Nate Jones was talking about this on Twitter, and so I went back and started watching the second half again last night, and it they did stop going after Michael Porter Jr. You asked me the other day, do I feel bad for him? Apparently, Jazz felt bad for him because they gave him yeah. a reprieve. Okay, I I do agree that they stopped going after him, uh, but I think 
I think Denver gave the Jazz some looks that discombobulated them, like completely. The high blitz that they put on Donovan Mitchell, that was the first time in in the series that they put on Donovan. And, you know, there's no film for it, and Jazz weren't ready for it, and they reacted poorly to it. You know, Donovan... I know it was really admirable that he wanted to guard Jamal Murray down the stretch, but what that did was gas him out on offense down the stretch a little bit. You know, Royce O'Neal's just got to be better on, on Jamal Murray. You know, he was great on him in, in games two and three, but in games four and five, you see what the damage that, that Jamal's done. I mean, you can't give up 92 points to a, to a dude in two games. Yeah, yeah, 50. And yeah, 50 42. and then 42, yeah, 92. Without a turnover? And this is someone who's not, sound with the ball like he's not a great ball handler he's not a great passer you can force that guy into turnovers well in theory you can they couldn't not the last two games as he's going off at a at a ridiculous usage listen the one play that encapsulated what jamal murray did to the jazz okay you get the loose ball he's dribbling towards the jazz basket looks at the shot clock yeah on the other end of the floor and was like oh i got one i'm just gonna shoot it turns around does a 180 in midair and knocks home a 24. no big deal no big deal no biggie made it look easy yeah just basic stuff you know the layup he had on rudy he's made some plays in this series you know at some point i think somebody in the media needs to do a story on you know the fact that you know, no background, no open background, no crowd noise. I mean, this is like church ball to some of these dudes. It is. You know, and none of these, some of these dudes are just not missing. Tony, I just like, looked they're just up. not missing shots. I just looked up. All right, hold on. I want to put this into proper context here, okay? Um, I just looked up his true shooting percentage over the last. Uh, it's got to be in like the 90s. <laughs> over his last two games. Um, and just to put this into perspective. Well, true shooting percentage isn't going to be great for DeAndre Jordan because he's such a bad uh, free throw shooter, but we'll do that anyway, okay? So DeAndre Jordan's true shooting percentage. And remember, this is a guy that all he does is dunk. Uh, his all-star season was 67.3% for true shooting. And then if you want to go off of um, effective field goal percentage for DeAndre Jordan that year, uh, it was 71.4%, Okay. So that makes sense because all he does is dunk. Last two games, true shooting percentage from Jamal Murray, 75.5%. Effective field goal, 72.8%. Him taking jumpers has been more efficient than DeAndre Jordan's all-star season where all he did was dunk. That's how good he's been. At some point, you got to defend him about better if you want to win the series. So not going after Michael Porter Jr. That's a, that's a mistake. Right. I, I acknowledge that that's a mistake. You have to keep doing that until they do something that proves that to be a bad idea. Especially because Michael Porter Jr. was making a lot of shots last night. I mean, he made a lot of ancillary shots that hurt the Jazz. Yeah. Had 15, was a yeah, plus. Hit, hit like three threes. 18. Yeah. That can't happen. P.J. Dozier, plus 21 in that game. That can't happen. Yes. And it was all, I mean, man, it's just Jamal Murray went went crazy. I want to talk about, because I saw you talking about this last night, I want to talk about Royce O'Neal not taking that shot. I don't know if he's a guy that is afraid to take shots in general. He was afraid to shoot in that moment. He got in his own head enough to where he hitched into a travel without actually trying to move the ball at all, right? Like, that was a moment where he absolutely froze. Well, he didn't freeze because he moved enough to travel. That's a bad moment. 
Okay, let's talk about the travel. It yeah. wasn't a travel. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't see a replay. Went, I, I, it looked like a travel to me in real time. I went and looked at the replay. His left foot was his pivot foot. He never picked it up. So that, that was a bad call. Okay. Uh, I didn't see a replay. I thought it looked like a travel in real time to where he did it. And I remember saying out loud, travel. And then and I think they called it a little, a little late, like a beat after. And I was like, oh, yeah, he traveled. And then I, didn't, I never saw a replay. I'll trust you on that one. I went and actually looked at the replay. He never picked up his, uh, his left foot. Um, okay. So that became his pivot foot. And okay. yeah, it wasn't All right, well, then, all right, regardless, let's say it's a bad call. He's got to shoot that ball. Right, exactly. You're a good shooter. not shoot the ball. Yeah. You're a 40% three-point shooter. You got to let that go. You have to trust your work. You have to trust the work that you've put in. The playoffs are built from moments where role players make big shots, take and make big shots. And nobody in that locker room is going to kill you if you miss that shot in that moment. Because Cause it's a good shot. You gen- The team has generated a, a wide open three-point shot. Right. You have to take that. Not only that, Royce O'Neal has hit big shots this year, multiple times. He's hit multiple big shots. I'm sure for him that that was a regrettable moment and that, that he's kicking himself for that reaction. I would also say it didn't look like, and I don't think Donovan had a bad game, but I mean, he had 30 points. He was efficient, 11 of 23 from the field. He four of eight from, from three. I didn't feel like he was in rhythm in that fourth quarter. He something seemed a little off to me. I don't like. I don't know if it was just you know he didn't cook enough in that game, which seems crazy to say because he had he had thirty, you know he had an efficient thirty, but it didn't look like the same Donovan. I don't know if that was what the defense did. Like he still had a good quarter, but I guess just down the stretch, like I felt like there was hesitation. I don't know if that makes sense, or maybe he just missed. I don't know. Well, I think that the Nuggets put five guys in the paint. And dared other people to beat them. Yeah. You know, I think that when you put five guys in the paint, it's kind of hard to get a shot off. Yeah, that's fair. You know, I mean, obviously Donovan had 30, but they defended him better. The biggest thing that Denver did last night defensively is that they made the Jazz feel them. That's number one. And they made Donovan Mitchell see bodies between himself and the basket. That's the first time all series that they've done that. You know, Donovan just hasn't seen bodies. And he saw bodies last night. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. No, 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 no. But, no. well, Tony, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Gary Harris okay. comes back. No, 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 no. Let me ask you a question here. We broached the subject last time, but is game six a must win for the Utah Jazz? No. Disagree. I, I disagree with your disagreeance. What? I don't think that's allowed. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. It's not a must win for the Jazz. Oh, it's a must win. Oh, uh, so do you. So if they don't win game six, are they definitely losing game seven? They're out. They don't even show up for game seven. <laughs> Tomorrow is a loser leaves town scenario. Not legally, but... For as much as the Jazz have been through in this season, you think that if they lose game six that they would have... I I think they'll lose game seven. seven? I do. I think they'll lose game seven. Um, The reason for that is while the Jazz have looked great through much of this series, this is still a, a fragile team from earlier in the year, in my opinion. They're not a perfect team, obviously. They're they're a team that still struggles defensively. They're a team that hasn't solved Jamal Murray. If Jamal Murray goes off again and they and they win game six, I think the Utah Jazz are in a bad position in game seven. I really do. This is what I need the Utah Jazz Utah Jazz fans to stop doing. They gotta stop tweeting me and telling me that Jamal Murray is 
inefficient and inconsistent. He's he been Michael Jordan up, right? against the Jazz yeah. all season. He lights them up. How many times does he have to prove it? Tony, he averages, he averages 27 against the Jazz in the regular season in two games. You have to go into this game, game six. I want all Jazz fans to go into game six against Jamal Murray with the appropriate level of fear or the appropriate level of respect, not fear. Fear yeah. might be the bad word. Appropriate level of respect. Like, listen, this guy's been lighting us up all season. Oh, well, what about game two and game three? Those were the outliers. Right. Because you got like you know, a thousand points in the other three games that he's put up on you. With no turnovers, yes. by the way. With no turnovers. Yeah, I don't think you can. I, look, it's possible Jamal Murray wets himself in game six and just has a bad game, right? It is not possible. No, it is possible. Like, look, the, the Nuggets did not show up in two and three. It's po- like right. he was bad in those games. It, it's possible that happens. But if I'm a jazz fan, I wouldn't be talking myself into that reality. My thing is I think Jamal Murray has got some some real gumption to him. And he is not afraid of the moment. The moment will not does not get too big for him. Yeah, and even shooting-wise, he only had a bad game three. He was 6 of 13 from the field in game, game two. It's just they didn't do anything as a team, right? Yeah, yeah, agree. Here's the thing. All right, here's the stat then, Tony. You can't let Jamal Murray play 40 minutes in game six. Because when he's under 40 minutes in this series, he hasn't done anything because, you know, the Nuggets haven't done anything. But when he plays 40 minutes or more in this series, he is lighting the jazz up. Well, here's the thing. In credit Michael Malone, he's like, I'm not taking those guys out. I'm going out with my guys. He kept Jamal Murray on the floor for the entire second half. He kept Nikola Jokic on the floor for virtually the entire second half. He's going to do the same thing tomorrow. At some point, do these guys run out of energy? Like, at some point, do they just hit a wall? I mean, yeah, it's got to... Look, it's not the same thing as Portland, but we saw Portland hit a wall last game, right? Mm -hmm. Game four... Was that game four? Yeah, game four, they hit a wall. And the the Lakers just came out and destroyed them from the beginning. Because they've actually played, like, 12 straight playoff games, right? Right. Like, all these games for them have been... Have been playoff games. Now the Nuggets, it has not been that extreme. Well, the other thing with the Lakers, and and I actually this was a great point from you, Zach, because I actually tweeted about this, and the point was number one, like these guys, like you said, the seeding game. There was so much desperation in the seeding game, like it's hard to get up for that every single game, every single game. And, yeah. You know, they had to turn it on 100. They've had to turn it on 100, like, pretty much every game. But the second thing is it's hard to play offense against the Lakers because they are so good defensively and so big and so physical. It was easy for for, for Portland to come down, run a few actions, get a good shot against a lot of all these other teams. And then against the Lakers, you got to run through, like, five or six variations of the same action just to get a shot on every possession. And that's what the Jazz have to do defensively. Like, if you want Denver to tire out, you gotta, you gotta tire them out. That's a great point that applies to the Jazz. The Jazz used to be where, you know, unless it was against Houston, like that's a physical defensive team, right? It's a team that right. grinds you down defensively and wears you out, and right. that's how they won a lot of games. They don't do that anymore. Like they don't do that anymore. They're not that team anymore. If they can bring that mentality and that energy into game six which i think they should have in them if they can do that then tony like they'll win game six like the nuggets will go away they will go away like i think if you bring that i don't know that they did that you know when up until the point when you decided to 
early write your your com your column last night, right? Like it's not like Man, they were just like grinding them. Yeah, they weren't the, grinding them the down. Laptop opened. They they weren't grinding them down. <laughs> Man, that's a that's a horrible feeling too. I haven't been a be- I haven't been a beat reporter, you know, but I've had to like write off games and you think it's decided and then just something turns and it's like, oh no, all this work, all this work means nothing. You thought you were gonna have an early night, probably get some two K in. No, that's not, that's not what happened. I mean, but, well, the pro the problem is I got I got some two K in anyway. Yeah, all right. So let's put my last last night in perspective. Yeah. For me, okay. I got into a, I got into a Twitter beef. I saw that. <laughs> I did. I saw. I saw a screenshot of your tweet, and then like a meme attached next to it. I was like, "Wait a second, this can't be a real tweet." And then I went back through your timeline. I, I you know, I didn't catch everything. But I caught enough. I'll say this: Look, I, I I can't justify any of the conversation one way or I can't deny it either. Right. Like I, I don't, I, I don't know. And, and honestly, I don't really care. Like you, you, you compose yourself how you want on Twitter. Like I, I do like, I do plenty of that, that stuff. Here's what I'll say is that people do just think they can talk to you any way they want to on the internet. Not you. Speci- well, you specifically and just anyone in general, like, yes, there's a certain thing where I'm like, there doesn't always have to be a screen between us. You know, like that's my thing is like you, you, I only accept energy that would have been given to my face. And if I, if yes. I don't feel that that's the case, like, look, man, there's plenty of, di- I'm not saying that at 38 years old, I need to go fight people. I'm just saying like, you wouldn't say this shit to my face. And if that's the case, don't talk to me like that. Everything I say on Twitter is stuff I would say to people's face. Like, right. You know, exactly. me. you know me. I, some people think I'm a bit of a hothead. Our friend, Greg, right? Our friend, Greg. Big dude, big dude, right? What's he like? Six five, two hundred, two hundred nine, two hundred ninety pounds of of all muscle. Uh, he's lost some weight, but he well, doesn't talk to people like that. He doesn't. No, but here's <laughs> here's the thing. First time I played ball with Greg, we were in some tiny church uh, basketball court or whatever. <laughs> it was like it's like the one where like you basically turn around as a three pointer uh, from the other end. Yeah. We were in some tiny, and he had a game winning layup, and I pushed him, fouled him, right. Because and he missed the layup and he got in my face, and I told him, it like, like, and look, I didn't really want to fight Greg, but but I'm also like I am who I am, and so Greg got in my face because he thought I had pushed him in a dangerous way, and I didn't and I didn't agree, and I and he like got my he got in my face. I said shut the fuck up and play ball, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the whole time I'm thinking God, I hope he doesn't swing on me because I didn't know him. I had, it was the first day I'd met him. I had no idea. I didn't know he was a great guy and everything. But I just—I just remember thinking like, oh, I really don't want him to swing on me, but whatever. And then, and we had each other's respect at that point, because he knew like, all right, this guy will talk, and I knew he would talk, and that's all it has to be. That's not what it is online. That's what—that's all—that's my dumb little soliloquy here. But I'm just like, don't talk to people online the way you wouldn't talk to them in person. I will say this to the guy, his credit, we apologized to each other last night in the dms oh that's good so all right there's a good resolution yes we had a good resolution and we found some peace if you ever see him though tony you gotta sucker punch him oh you gotta well yeah you just gotta uh, establish that dominance our company has rules against that oh that's right no i didn't say that (laughs) that was that was that was shtick if you're listening to this that was definitely (laughs) shtick so the bottom line is the upshot is I sent a text to Sergio Gonzalez, our our uh, managing editor of the NBA Vertical uh, at the Athletic. Yeah, 
Um, and right, I sent him a text wishing him a happy birthday. I sent that text around, you know, midnight or whatever. Okay. Um, I was playing 2K for so long that I was about to go to bed and I got a text from him back. It was not Sergio going to bed. It was Sergio starting his morning. (laughs) (laughs) Now, he's an early riser. And I think because yesterday was his birthday, I believe... Uh, I believe his lovely lady made him like not check into work stuff yesterday. <laughs> like, I believe she had it monitored. Yes. And so, uh, I mean, to, so this morning was probably even an even earlier morning for him. So I called him and he picks up the phone and he said, Tony, you got to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said, bro, this is not healthy. <laughs> and he was like, don't you have to podcast? I was like, yeah, I have to podcast. He was like, what time? I was like, with the chickens. Just so everyone knows, 10 a.m. Tony's time. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, I've le- let's put it this way. I have less than five hours until I have the podcast. But the good news is I got a lot done on 2K. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, all right. So I, I do think like, I think the Jazz can make the Nuggets go away with a defensive mindset. Right, because even even what my point was earlier before we went on that tangent, point was earlier like when you started your column last night, seventy one fifty six. It wasn't seventy one fifty six because the Jazz were playing great defense, in my opinion. They were playing well, but like right. also like Jokic went for twenty one in the first quarter, right, right, which actually should have broken Denver and kind of did for a bit because he has well, a perfect first quarter, right, and they and had a one point lead, yeah, right, they they, one. that that had to have been disheartening, knowing like oh my god, our guy's going off. And then, by the way, he didn't do he didn't do anything until Jamal Murray set him up for that dagger. Uh, after that, but at seventy one fifty six, I almost wanted to see Quinn Snyder call timeout on the very next possession and look at his guys and say, "Okay, if we play our mo- most urgent five minutes of the series, we can push this to the point where Denver might fold." Right. Um. But then now, but then I Jamal realize- Murray happened. But then now I realize Denver's just not folding because Jamal Murray is is like, did you see his like his energy? It just tri- it, like he just oh, Tony. He was a psychopath last year. Oh, it was like he was a psycho. Like he you could there was there was a, a like a fire in his eyes when he got yes. going. That was like I honestly knew I, I just <clears throat> it was it was still neck and neck, you know, a few minutes to go. And I just the way he was going, there's no way they're losing this game. Like, this is going six because he just, you, I mean, you know, you've seen enough ball. You played enough ball. Like, the dude has it going like that. Unless somebody else has it going like that, that team's not losing. Right. In ga- game one, obviously Donovan's going crazy, but Jamal Murray went crazy at the same time. Right? Game four, Jamal's going crazy, but Donovan's going crazy at the same time. Donovan wasn't going crazy last night, and Jamal was. And that's the difference. You know, they didn't match Denver's energy. Down a stretch last yeah. night. The Nuggets raised their level on both ends of the floor, and the Jazz did not meet that level. And if you're Quinn Snyder, you got to be disappointed. I mean, there were obvious reasoning for the Jazz to to, to just, number one, you want to put you want to put Jamal Murray away. What's going to happen tomorrow? I mean, that is going to be an animated Denver team on mm-hmm. both ends of the floor. But number two, you know, if the Jazz win that series last night, there's like four or five days off because the Clippers in Dallas are going at it, even though 
Yeah. That looks like it's going to be over on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Dallas maybe turned into pumpkins. Oh, but, you know what? All right. It's not this series, but, yo, Marcus Morris is a clown. The Morris was, brothers, the Morris twins in general are clowns. That was unfortunate to see. They're good ball players, but these are, like, not good dudes. And that was just, that's clown behavior, man. Marcus Morris can say whatever he wants to on Twitter. The video doesn't lie. Right, exactly. Come on now. Like, there's absolutely no basketball play or move in that moment. No. And if you know anything about their history on off the court, like, come on. It's ridiculous. You know, that's up to the league. If the league wants to to stop that behavior, they 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 should suspend them. They should suspend them. Yeah, a game, one game. Doesn't have to be a big thing. Like, a fine, I don't think a fine's going to do anything. Fine won't do anything at all. You know what's funny? So, this is interesting. I was talking to uh, Richard Jefferson on the radio yesterday, and he was infuriated at Michael Malone going into last night's game because Michael Malone had been asked about the officiating. And, you know, Donovan, I think, made more free throws than, than the Nuggets themselves in game four. And Michael Malone said, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything to give money to the league, right, on this. And Richard Jefferson said, like, it was basically like, that's bad coaching. Like, you make millions of dollars. Like, look, $50,000 still $50,000. But you make millions of dollars. How how can you not, like, speak up for your guys there and and lose that check? Okay, that's one thing. But number two, did you see the officiating last night? It even out. <laughs> no, I, no it, but, but still, it's the I process of it all, right? Guarantee. Like, I'm, I, I'm saying, like, I don't, think oh that, I, don't think, I don't think he has that Nuggets team. I guarantee, I sound like Charles Barkley, but wow. I guarantee Uh-oh, that, doesn't sound good. that there was a lot of back-channel politicking between between uh, game four and game five because I saw a Oh, you think he went full Mori? You think he went Daryl Mori on him? I think there was a tremendous change in the officiating in game five. First of all, Rudy Gobert himself got called for three offensive fouls by himself. Rudy Gobert gets away with a lot. I also think Nikola Jokic gets away with a lot. But and, and granted, you want consistency in this stuff. So that's ultimately all that matters is that you get consistency. But those two dudes get away with so much crap with physicality. The pendulum evened out. You know, there was a handball that was called a kickball. George Yang stole the basketball. It was called a kickball. It was a terrible call. That was a terrible call. Also, I can't like I don't think th- I don't think they replayed that on the game on the, on the National Broadcast. I don't think they yeah, did, but that that did. was one you have to you have to show that replay. And two, he hit it with his hand. He kick it with his hand? Do I not understand yeah, what a kick is? I mean, that's that's what it was. And then number two, obviously the travel that wasn't a travel. Number three, the Jazz got called for a lot of offensive fouls. So mm-hmm. I think the Nuggets got a kind whistle. That being said, like I said on Twitter, you know, because I had this, I had a lot of arguments yesterday. But you know, this was <laughs> one day. of them. Busy day. This was one of them. The officiating had absolutely nothing to do with the Jazz blowing that game. No, 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 no. nothing. Nothing at all. Jazz blew that game. Jazz blew that game. They did not have help from the officials. The Jazz blew that game. And some of the comments were strange. You know, I thought we were distracted at some point. You know, that like that's what Quinn Snyder said. You know, the the dynamic in the bubble right now is is absolutely one hundred percent weird. Yeah, for sure. I do wonder if um if they just expected Denver to go away. In the first half, like, you know, Jamal Murray didn't do anything. He had like nine points in the first half, eight points, something like that. He had 33 in the second half. Yeah, he was 14 of 18 in the second half. 
14 of 18. That's wild. Yeah, you just got to try to shut this water off for 48 minutes. But, you know, obviously with the events happening in in Wisconsin, um, it's just a lot going on. And you got to take a minute to acknowledge that I think there are a lot of guys on a lot of teams right now where minds aren't completely on basketball. And this is just so surreal that we're in a playoff and, you know, guys, for lack of a better term, don't really want to play right now. Well, that that's the thing, Tony, right? Like, this was supposed to not be a distraction from what's going on, and now it feels like a distraction. Uh, I mean, Sunday, look, th- I can only speak from my personal experience. Sunday, for whatever reason, I didn't see the Jacob Blake video until that night, right? Like, I didn't see it until, like, probably, like, 8 or 9 o'clock at night, my time. And it's because I've been locked into the Clippers game. I've been locked into the Jazz game. I was, you know, celebrating that. And then it dawned on me, like, look, so Luca hits that game winner, right? In front of the Black Lives Matter signage on the court. Donovan Mitchell hits that dagger over Paul Millsap. And as he's walking back saying, you know, I run this shit. Um, he's walking along that Black Lives Matter sign on the court. And it's, it's literally, at least, in my ex- at least in my experience, the basketball distracted from something that's very serious going on in this country on Sunday, Right. I don't think that's lost on on the players. Honestly, I hope the Celtics and Raptors do boycott that game. I think there needs to be a reminder of of what's going on. And I love that basketball's back. I love that the NBA is back. It is my living. Like, I love that. But we have to recognize that it's not that important. It's important economically for many things, sure. It's nice to have as a distraction. But this other stuff is way more important. And, this, and there's an idea... I think float on ESPN is like, oh yeah, they could boycott the game because the schedule allows them to, to make it up later. No, 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 that's not a boycott. That's a postponement. Like, I don't know what you do with it, Tony, but I would like to see the, someone in the NBA take action for what's happening and take action in protest of what's happening. And by the way, like, I also think let's stop asking black players to figure out what to do for this stuff, right? This is the thing, and I'm, I'm guessing we have a mostly white audience. That's what I'm going to guess here. And we're all adults. Let's stop asking black people, hey, what should we do? Here? We're adults. We know what to do. Vote the people out. Put pressure on to, to change policies. That's what we do. Like, we mobilize. We vote the people out there that shouldn't, you know, that shouldn't be running the system and shaping the system. And we try to change it that way. Like, it's that simple. It's not easy, and it's going to take a really long time, but it's just like the, the dialogue is just stupid. Like, it's just dumb trying to find excuses, trying to find reasons for all this stuff of like, well, maybe it's okay because of it. No, it's dumb. We need to stop playing dumb, and we need to stop asking other people how to fix something we know how to fix. And I, ho- I, hope, that, I hope the players do something. I don't think it's on them. I don't think it should be on them, but I think it would be a nice reminder to everyone of like, no, 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 this stuff could go away at any time. You know, my thing is, you know, as an African-American man, man, just please stop killing us. You know, please, law enforcement, please stop. You know, stop killing African-American men. Stop killing African-American women. Stop killing people, you know, period. And Doc Rivers said it best. 
You know, it's like we continue to love a country that doesn't love us back. And, you know, just vote. You know, get to the polls and and make your voice heard no matter which way you want to go in terms of what your vote. But just get to the polls like this is ridiculous. And, you know, you say enough is enough. And then there's another incident. You know, I was watching Do the Right Thing uh, the other day. It was mm-hmm. a movie from Spike Lee from from 1988. And obviously, crescendo of that movie is Radio Rahim. Yep. You know, gets choked out and killed by the cops. You know, that's based off of a real life uh, situation. You know, Yusuf Hawkins in Brooklyn. You know, as a, when I was watching that movie, I mean, I remember. You know, I was a, I was a little kid when all of this was when all of that went down. But all of that stuff went down, and you know, this has been since the '80s. You know that that cops are disproportionately killing black men and women. You know we're in 2020. Do the right thing was in 19. It came out in 1989. It was and that killing was based was based loosely off of a true story. Like good lord, 1989, 2020. Stop. We, we made we made. You know there may be people who have turned this off. There may be people who, uh, who don't want to listen to this or say, come on, I'm just trying to listen about you know basketball or whatever. And this is what I would say to you, okay. If you've made it this far and you're still listening and you're annoyed because, hey, you came here for basketball, whatever. This is my message. And if you don't like it and it causes you to stop listening, whatever. Grow up. I like basketball too. It is my livelihood. But there are things in this country that are way more important. If you're if the type of person says, I don't go to, you know, I, I watch sports to get away from politics and get away from... Equality is not politics. It's basic human rights. And if you're having that reaction when people have these conversations my my message to you is grow up tony is there a way to transition into predictions for game six (laughs) um okay so game six i think we have to say in the tweet for this predictions at the end of the podcast (laughs) it's the only way (laughs) make sure you get to the end of the podcast Listen, the predictions at the last two minutes oh, of the man. podcast. No, you can't tell them then. You just got to say at the end of the podcast. Otherwise, you're going to skip over that stuff. But I think that stuff's important. Well, first of all, you, you said you were going to ask me for my predictions. Somebody asked me for my predictions on Twitter yesterday, and I was like, no, I'm not giving my prediction. I and demand you like, it. You are definitely. A- I promised the people that you would that you would give a prediction of game six. Jazz win game six. Wow. I think. I think they go back, they look at the film, they make their adjustments. If they get out to a lead, you know, they keep their level raised, they figure it out. And I, I got a question for you. Yo. How does it affect Denver if they get Gary Harris back for game six? Um, you know, he just he hasn't played basketball since March. I don't I don't know what's reasonable to expect of Gary Harris if he's back in game six. I would assume he's practiced some. But I don't know how much practicing they're doing. He may be a huge difference maker. He may, you know, just have a four-minute stretch on the court that turns the game defensively for them. And that's enough. But the idea of him coming back with the injuries he's had and fresh out of the gate, like, being thrown into a playoff setting to to go out there and, like, get back to being Gary Harris, like, I just don't think that's reasonable. So I don't have any expectations of Gary Harris if he's back well, in game six. my thing, if I'm Michael Malone, is, well, Shoot, you finally got a competent defensive game out of Michael Porter Jr. Along with his insane shot making. Do I really do I really want to take him out of the rotation? I mean, that's a I don't know. Yeah, well, yes, because I don't think I I don't expect that to translate. 
So you think that was a reprieve? The Jazz actually felt sorry for Michael Porter. Jr. I don't know if they felt sorry for. I just think they started making stupid decisions with their their attack. I think they should have kept after him. So so Jazz win game six. I'm predicting the Jazz win game six. The must win for the Jazz, I say. This is not a must win for the. It's Jazz. a must win. They if they lose game six, they're they're wilding. losing game seven. So wilding. I <laughs> I'm predicting the Jazz win game six. I think they're the better team at this point. I think Denver has a higher gear that they can still reach, but we have not seen it at any point in the series. Listen, be careful with that higher gear stuff, man. I that was another fight I had on Twitter. I said that the the Clippers had a high gear, and and all the Laker Nation just united in my mentions. But they do. We've seen it. Yeah, just saying. It doesn't mean the Lakers can't beat them, but what are we doing? Like. How do you not look at that Clippers team and think like, no, they they might be the best team? I'm just, I'm just saying. It would be the same thing if the Clippers fans looked at the Lakers and said like, you know, that might be the best team. I got something for Laker fans tonight though. Wait until the Laker game. Whoa, that's a tease right there. <laughs> All right, wow, we got predictions, we got teases for the game tonight. Make sure you check all that out. Plus the great coverage of the Utah Jazz from Tony Jones at theathletic.com. Uh, make sure you subscribe to The Athletic. If you're uh, not subscribed you just subscribed to this podcast, please rate and review. Five stars are always preferred. Uh, unsubscribe from the podcast and then resubscribe to the podcast. We want to juice those numbers. We want to tickle that algorithm, as they say, Tony. I don't think actually anyone says that. but we're Are you really tickling the algorithm? We're going to tickle the algorithm. Absolutely. That's what we do around here, Tony. We tickle algorithms. Get those fingers moving, everybody. That sounded awkward. That's a horrible way to end it, but that's how we're going to end it. For Tony Jones, I'm Zach Harper. This has been Game Notes on the Athletic Podcast Network.